Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Buzz You Up podcast. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. Again, I apologize if you hear some noise in the background. This is not my normal place where I'd like to record my podcast episodes, but I was feeling very, very inspired and buzzed to get this episode out to you. So I'm going to take my chances and hopefully there's not too many motorcycles or people mowing their lawns in the background that while I'm recording this, it's going to distract from the information I'm going to present to you today. So Thank you so much for last week's feedback. Just to start off with, on the episode I did on the language of money, re-essential business abbreviations for financial success, part two. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go back and catch up on it and make sure you have a pen and paper because I load you up with probably way too much information, but that's kind of the only way I know how to do things. And I absolutely love providing so much value that each podcast episode is basically a masterclass all on its own. So I know some of the abbreviations are ones that have been thrown around a lot. For example, HR, which is of course human resources, but it is and was still surprising that even though I've been in corporate for such a long time, even I learned some new stuff when I was researching a topic to give you as much accurate data as possible. I think the one I found most interesting, however, was the B2B, which is business to business. Okay, so over the last few weeks, I've had a lot happen in my personal life and in my business. And as you know, I have bees as one of my incomes on the side. And with the weather we've been having over the last six months, it has been incredibly difficult to get out and visit my sites as often as I would have liked. Even though I've been checking the hives, I haven't been able to go into them and do my normal treatments or even feeding them as often as I would have liked because every time you open a hive, you're disrupting their cycles and the queen's laying pattern gets disrupted and of course that sets the hive back even more. And with the rain, the girls clearly don't like getting wet when you open the lid and they come out bottom first and say hello to you with their stingers. No, it's not pleasant and the amount of times I've been stung last season because it's been wet hasn't just hasn't been fun. Honestly, they hurt. No matter how many times I've been stung, it still hurts. And I've been watching a number of the bee community chat groups and it looks like I'm not the only one that's been struggling with a lot of beekeepers going out of the bee business. This can potentially be devastating for both agriculture and the horticultural industries in New Zealand, especially such as industries like kiwi fruit that relies so heavily on bee pollination for their fruit set in their orchards. The weather isn't the only reason beekeepers are choosing to leave the industry and it's also because the cost of having a beehive is starting to get ridiculously expensive. Because I've been struggling so much with my workloads, I've had to do a bit of soul searching to see if I actually want to continue to do bees myself. And at the moment, these poor little things are just costing me an arm and a leg and the cost of living has been increasing. Having a hive in the backyard for some of my customers is actually a luxury and a number of them have decided, not all thankfully, to discontinue. I realize this has nothing to do with the service I provide it's just that times are hard and what somebody would spend on a hive, 
that produces honey maybe once a year and only if the weather allows and last year was not a good honey season. I can absolutely understand and appreciate why people are choosing to go away from luxury items and spend their money in areas that are obviously life-sustaining, such as groceries, which means I've had to run around at night to try and move my hives and find other spots for them. And that's no problem. I am totally used to doing that. But because bees can't really be moved around during the day, as they are obviously out collecting pollen and nectar, and if you were to move a hive during the day, you're leaving behind a lot of that colony. And with the weather and my nine-to-five day job, that some days has over an hour and a half commute. And that's just one way. And working with my fabulous business clients and my daughter, who is still under the age of 14, who I legally can't leave at home alone. Not that I ever would, but I am noticing that this extra work has been a little bit of a challenge. Who am I kidding? (laughs) My hours are so full up in a day that having a time out for me consists of multitasking house chores, watching something on YouTube at the same time, or listening to something on Spotify that basically has to be for educational purposes rather than pleasure. Uh, Not much fun, but it is what it is. If I'm, you know, leveling up, then that's just one of the ways to do it. I have been beekeeping for, I want to say nearly six years, but I'm positive it's longer. And I'm starting to get a bit tired of the heavy lifting and the beekeeping is actually quite labor intensive. And my daughter dragging her feet every weekend completely miserable because she would rather be at home doing her own thing or spending time with her friends than running around with mum doing bees. And although this time of year the girls tend to be asleep because of it being winter, which includes, especially in colder areas, a cycle of hibernation, then in most cases would mean that the beekeeper has time off. But in reality, I spend three months of the year literally trying to catch up with everything I've missed out doing for that for the rest of that year during the busy bee season, and that's house maintenance, cleaning bee equipment, etc. I don't slow down. And I realized the other day I haven't cleaned my gutters out for the house in forever. No wonder with all these rainstorms, my gutters were overflowing. It just shows you how distracted and busy I've been. But then I say that every single year that the bees are just starting to get too heavy and too much to manage become spring, I'm right back in there itching to get going, especially with the exciting stuff like queen rearing, which is an art form all on its own. And I know that if I can dedicate the right amount of time, it can be quite profitable selling queen cells. As I am a creature of habit, one of the things I've always done, especially in my winter months, like I mentioned, this is when I actually get to spend time regrouping and seeing where I'm at financially and mentally and basically do a massive revisiting of my goals that I originally set at the beginning of the year. Again, this year has been rough and it feels like I haven't actually achieved much and it is Only when you go through and revisit your goals that you can see you have indeed achieved a lot more than you think. Which brings me to today's topic and that is looking at revisiting and resetting your goals mid-year. I have always found that even though I keep tabs on the goals that I do on average every three months, it's more of a token look. It is the mid-year when I really get down to the nitty and gritty to see exactly where I'm tracking and what it is I need to do to get to my 
basically to get my bottom into gear and achieve what I need to do by the end of the year. So I am going to run through pretty much 10 steps that I take to reset my mid-year goals. And as I go through them, I also summarize why it is important to take these steps seriously. I'll quickly run through the 10 steps, which I know sounds a lot, but once you've done it a few times, it does get way easier. So once I've gone through the list, then I'll take you through what I've done per step to get me back into basically get my bottom back into gear mindset and basically get myself reset. The first is to reflect on your current goals and assess your progress so far. The second is to identify any obstacles that have prevented you from achieving your goals. Then revisit your motivation for setting these goals in the first place. Then reframe your goals in a smart format. Right, so Next is prioritizing your goals and focus on the important ones and break down your goals into smaller manageable tasks, which leads to work on creating a timeline or schedule for achieving your goals and it pays to find an accountability partner or support group to help you stay on track. Step nine is to celebrate your progress and achievements along the way and more importantly, number 10, adjust your goals as needed based on new information or changing circumstances. Okay. I get there's a lot there. I've tried to simplify them out as much as possible. And basically, once you finish going through them, it could almost be considered your business plan for the next six months. You can do this for both business and for your personal life as well. Either way, it is going to be incredibly helpful, giving you clarity moving forward. So the first one was reflecting on your current goals. And assessing your progress, which is an important part of achieving any form of success. Two simple actions I take to help with this process are setting aside time for reflection by scheduling regular time to reflect on your goals and progress. This could be daily, weekly, monthly, depending on your needs and schedule. I actually do this pretty much every Sunday night when I'm planning my week. And sadly, as part of that planning, I have the weather service website up again because of my bees. I manage my schedule around them. Okay. So that second simple action I take is to write it down. And I mostly do that by keeping a journal or notebook to record my thoughts and progress. Writing down your goals and reflecting on what you have accomplished can help you stay focused and motivated. I know it has helped me in the past. I also utilize a whiteboard that I have sitting behind my desk where I can see it. Not only does it have my weekly schedule on it, it also has a number of my key goals to remind me to pull finger. The second step is to identify obstacles that have prevented me from achieving my goals. I tend to start by reflecting on my past experiences. You can achieve this by thinking about the goals you set for yourself and the reasons why you're not able to achieve them. It may be helpful to write them write these obstacles down and the circumstances surrounding them. You can also consider seeking feedback from others such as friends, family members or mentors who may have a different perspective on your strengths and weaknesses. Once you have identified the obstacles, you can develop a plan to overcome them and work towards achieving your goals. Okay, so this particular step can actually feel a little bit negative and demoralizing, which leads me to the following step, and that is to revisit your motivation for setting your goals and take a moment to reflect on why you set them in the first place. Consider what inspired you, what you hope to achieve, and how you envisage your life being different 
different once you've reached your goals. You may also want to think about any challenges you faced along the way and how you overcame them. By reconnecting with your original motivation, you can help reignite your passion and to drive and the drive basically to achieve your goals. Truthfully, in my case, I just have to look at my daughter to know my why. Why I do all these things I do. She is my main motivator. She pretty much is my why. Okay, so the next one is actually one of the abbreviations I talked about in last week's podcast episode, and that is to reframe your goals using the tool SMART, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Reframing your goals in a SMART format has several advantages. Firstly, it helps you to clarify what it is you want to achieve by making your goals specific. Secondly, measuring progress towards your goals becomes easier when they have been, well, when they're measurable. Thirdly, setting achievable goals ensures that you do not become overwhelmed or discouraged. Fourthly, making your goals relevant to your overall objectives ensure that you maintain focus on what is important. And finally, setting time-bound goals helps you to create a sense of urgency and motivates you to take action towards achieving them. Overall, reframing your goals in a smart format can lead to greater success and a more fulfilling life. I could potentially leave my goal setting steps just using the smart tool, but where would the fun be in that? Which brings me to the next step, which is to prioritize your goals and focus on the most important ones. Now, I have a little trick for this particular step, and that is using the Wheel of Life. For those of you who don't know what the Wheel of Life is, it's basically quadrants, or should I say aspects of your life, such as family, career, finances, spirituality, relationships, etc., that you can give a rating to see where you feel you are lacking, where you want to see improvement. That can be quite an eye opener, especially when you think you're doing okay in one particular area and you find that you're actually quite miserable. I'm going to be completely vulnerable here. When I sat down the other day to do this, I realized that I've been working so hard and I've been focusing so hard on doing what's right for my daughter that even though I've been separated from my ex-husband for more than coming up, I think, two and a half years now, gosh, time's gone fast. I mean, he's getting married in December for heaven's sake, so I suppose I have a divorce to look forward to before Christmas. Yay! (laughs) That I can't remember the last time I actually put myself out there to meet someone new, but then I guess the universe has strange ways, and when I'm ready hopefully something positive will happen but it is an area that I would like to start getting a little bit more clear on okay enough of the woe is me right back to business goal setting can feel quite overwhelming especially when you have big goals like paying your mortgage off by the age of 50 and that looming dollar amount in the several hundreds of thousands basically looks like an unachievable goal I mean I'm not a spring chicken and getting you know giving myself five years to pay off so much money while everything is getting more expensive and my day job is sucking the life out of me making it hard to do the extras in the morning before work and at night after work because I'm so tired and brain drained literally by giving everything I have to that day job that the next step of breaking down your goals into smaller manageable tasks becomes ever so much more important 
When I'm doing my list of goals or revisiting them, in this case, I give myself plenty of room on paper. Yes, I use a pencil and paper. So then I can start breaking down the goal into manageable chunks. And once I've done that, I leave them there for a day or three. And then I revisit them again. And again, I break them down even further so that I can actually feel like I'm genuinely achieving them. During that revisiting and having given my brain a few days to ponder on them, I then take the next step, which is to create a timeline or schedule for achieving your goals. This step has to be one of my most important ones because my weekends and my months are so crazy busy having two podcasts. I create my weekly gardening podcast called The Messed Up Gardener, which comes out every Sunday morning. And of course, my business podcast, which you are listening to now, that comes out on the Thursday morning in New Zealand. And it requires quite a big chunk of my time to prep and research topics because the last thing I want to do is basically be somebody that dribbles in your ear for a bit of time without actually taking something away and I value your time way too much just to spout nonsense. I know I hate nothing more when I'm listening to podcasts and I feel like I just didn't take anything away. So I know this episode is slightly a little bit different because it is talking about goals and I'm including some personal, okay, a lot of personal stuff into it, but I basically, it is for genuine Reasons and examples to help you create your goals by sharing some of mine. Oh, so by making sure that I create a timeline or schedule, I give myself again measurable steps to achieving my goals. I do this a number of ways. Like I said before, I have a whiteboard near my desk, which is has basically all my tasks on it for the week where I want to be by the end of the week and what do I want to achieve by the end of the week but I also set reminders in my phone so these are more prompts really they go off mostly during the evening so that day um, basically during the days if I'm at work or in a meeting my phone doesn't ring and disturb everybody it just reminds me of where and what I need to be up to to keep the momentum going to reach my goals the next step might not be for everybody but I found it particularly useful and that is to find an accountability partner or support group to help you stay on track I have two besties that are very generous and they let me brainstorm my ideas and utilize them as a sounding board. But most importantly, I find that because I do do that, I tend to stay more accountable to the things I choose to do. And I have achieved so much by feeling because I have told them about it, I need to achieve it. And at the same time, I noticed it's up leveling them as well. The next step is something that I'm not very good at, and that is to celebrate your progress and achievements along the way. I find that by the time I've reached a goal, I'm already on to the next thing or the next step in my journey. And it just isn't really until I sit down like I am now revisiting my goals and that I realize I have achieved something monumental and it's become my new norm. So I don't really celebrate them. I just take them in my stride and go, sweet, let's tick another one off my to-do list and move on. But that's not healthy. Either way, it is really important to acknowledge and celebrate your achievements along the way. I've decided that I'm going to set up a little bit of a reward system. So once I've achieved a goal, that my way of celebrating is giving myself a reward of some sort. And that might mean splashing out for takeaways with my daughter on something special like Chinese down in a mokroa. Mm. Now that's a bit of a drive, but it has to be one of the best Chinese takeaways in the Bay of Plenty. 
it's so worth the trip and it's so worth the time and it's so worth the money it's just so yummy okay anyway I'm drooling now all right so the last step is super important and that is to adjust your goals as needed based on new information or changing circumstances which is important because it allows you to stay on track and achieve what you set out to do. Without making adjustments you might find yourself struggling to reach your original goals because the circumstances or information may have changed. By being flexible and open to change you can adapt your goals to fit the current situation and make progress towards achieving them. This can lead to greater success, improved productivity and a sense of control over your life. I love control. Without it, I feel lost and disorientated. Everybody has goals. They might not specifically call it goals, but they could have ambitions, dreams, and potentially they have something in mind that they like to target to achieve. Goals is just a nice word that sums up those things. Everybody processes things at different speeds. I have always been very goal-driven. I always feel like I have to achieve something. I always have to be doing something in my business and in my personal life. I'm that girl. I want that financial freedom to choose what I want to do with my day before I'm too old to enjoy life. And to be perfectly honest, I spent years being trapped in that cycle, being blissfully unaware that I'm the perfect little societal being where I have spent years of my life working for somebody else, making them millions, literally millions, that the decision to start my own business and take my life in my own control was terrifying. It was scary and my anxiety went through the roof. But I know that for me to take control back, I really need to take goal setting way more seriously again than what I have been doing. I have potentially another two and a bit years left on my contract. And by the end of that, I want to be earning enough passive income and have grown my personal business to the point where I do not that I do not need that extra corporate work to top up and cover my mortgage. So being a single mum, the bank basically ordered me to continue on a salary or else I wouldn't be, have been, basically been given my mortgage, which is pretty stinky, but oh well, such as. So as you can imagine, I am definitely going to be working on my biggest goal for the next six months and beyond, and that is to increase my passive income and provide my clients with incredible value and help them achieve their next level goals as well. Because that is something I am really passionate about. I love helping people. I love helping them achieve all they can, and I love seeing people thrive. Over the years, I've helped a number of my clients bring in big, big dollars. So it is definitely my turn to do just that. Some of the reasons I found in the past and in the present with one of my clients to be honest in particular, which is why I'm raising it now, that there are some common things that hold people back from achieving their goals, such as fear, lack of motivation and self-doubt. Now we've already talked about some of these points, but I feel like they need to be repeated and I'd like and like they say, repetition key is key to mastery. So to overcome fear, it is important to confront it and take small steps towards the goal. To increase motivation, it can be helpful to break down the goal into smaller, more achievable tasks and reward yourself for completing them. To overcome self-doubt, it is important to remember past successes and focus on the progress made towards that goal rather than any setbacks. It can also be helpful to seek support from your friends or a mentor. 
If you feel like you're not achieving the goals you've set yourself, don't be too hard on yourself. Life can get in the way. But what is important is to pull yourself back and reset. You can do this anytime you start to feel like you're heading off course. Not just every month or six months. There are no hard and fast rules. Do what feels good to you. Sorry, for you. You know what I mean. Feel, do what feels good. So here's some action steps that you could take today, even to start the process of revisiting and resetting your goals. Basically, get out a big bit of paper and brainstorm the things you would like to achieve. It doesn't have to be for the next six months, but also include your life goals. Or if you are writing goals out for your business, then definitely include the long-term business goals and then follow the 10 steps that I've talked about today. If you get stuck or you're just unsure of how to take yourself through the goal setting process, I am more than happy to help. We can set up a Zoom call and I can do a goal setting session with you. It normally takes a good 90 minutes to really knuckle down and get you to a point where you have a solid plan. I found in the past that it pays to have a box of tissues nearby because you can have some major aha moments, but also some really sad moments. I know the first time I really sat down to do a number of my goals, I realized I had wasted so much time catering to other people and their needs and wants that I forgot all about my own. And it was a period of grief that I had to work through because that is exactly what it is, grief. Grief, anger, and rage, which makes goal setting sound way more dramatic, but it can be quite the experience. I genuinely hope that you took some really, well, you basically took something really positive away, positive away from all the goal setting and resetting steps I've presented to you today. Let me know in the DMs what some of your top goals are for the rest of the year. I really would love to know. Mine is to pay off my mortgage a lot faster than what I'm doing now. And while I'm still young enough to enjoy and experience life, I absolutely hate debt. So that is pretty much, and even though having a mortgage isn't a bad debt, I still see it as an icky debt on my part. So I need to pull finger. If you are ready to get clear on your goals and boost your productivity and revenue, I invite you to work with me in my one-on-one private business development containers and as I've mentioned to you before no you don't have to have a business as I do help private clients with goal setting and achieving those goals flick me a DM and let's chat chat to see how we can work together and let's buzz you up till next week thank you for listening and spending your time with me I truly appreciate you have an amazingly abundant week and I'll buzz you later bye thanks again for being here today In the show notes, you'll find all the links to my social media platforms. Do pop in and say hi. I hang out mostly on Instagram on the at BizYouUp page or you'll also find me at esther.aken. Please help yourself to my free confidence or courage subliminals. These are the best kept secret to changing and leveling up your mindset and getting next level results. You can find them on the www.bizyouup.com website. That's B-I-Z. Y-O-U-U-P dot com. I'm going to be cheeky and thank you all in advance for helping your girl out with your awesome ratings and reviews and hitting that follow and subscribe button. Till next time, buzz you all later and have an incredibly abundant week. Bye.